When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. Today we are headed down Interstate 5, almost all the way to the California border, where we're pulling off the highway to stop at the busiest state park in Oregon. Though, Jamie, you wouldn't necessarily guess that. Yeah, Jim, as we've talked about on previous episodes, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department puts out data every year that shows the visitor numbers for each of its state park sites. And Every year, almost without fail, that data shows that the number one most visited Oregon State Park site is Valley of the Rogue State Park in Southern Oregon. Jim, have you been to Valley of the Rogue? What do you know about Valley of the Rogue? That question's a little bit ruined because you and I have talked about Valley of the Rogue just like two weeks (laughs) ago. But (laughs) here's, I have an admission to make right at the start of the show, actually, which is I was just driving down Interstate 5 in mid-March. I was beelining it, a buddy and I trying to make it to Lake Tahoe for a ski trip. I was pulling by and I flagged for my friend. I'm like, hey, that is Valley of the Rogue State Park. That is the busiest state park in Oregon, if I remember correctly. And we're just like, it looks like there's some cool stuff back there. But because we were we were like on a mission trying mm-hmm. to you know do a long drive, we did not stop. Didn't even stop to take a picture, unfortunately. I'm I'm quite excited actually to learn more about what it is I missed. Yeah, you know, it's one of these parks. It's not Silver Falls. It's not Smith Rock. It's not sort of the typical big name state park sites in Oregon that most people think of. They think of like the biggest, the busiest uh, yep. state parks. But Valley of the Rogue um, is in fact the busiest and has a lot more to offer than people might first assume when they pull off there at the rest stop off of I-5. So today we're going to talk all about Valley of the Rogue and mm-hmm. to help uh, introduce it a little bit more to us, we have uh, with us Nathan Sable, who is the Oregon State Parks Manager for the Rogue Management Unit, which includes Valley of the Rogue. Why don't we get started here just by telling folks who don't know anything about Valley of the Rogue, where is this park and and what does it look like? It's basically located right on I-5 in between Gold Hill, the towns of Gold Hill and Rogue River. So it's very convenient to the highway. And uh, we have about 165 sites and offer year-round camping. And uh, 95 of those sites are full hookup sites, meaning they, they have water, power, sewer. And then 55 of them have electric and water. 
and there's tent sites and then yurt sites. There's actually eight yurt sites, but for uh, 2023 season, we plan on having an additional seven. So we're we're adding yurts because people love those. But it's about 250 acres. Uh, has beautiful views of the mountains. It's right along the Rogue River and uh, has plenty of space and trails uh, for people to get out and enjoy. It's just a beautiful spot. Yeah, if you look at on the map at Valley of the Rogue, it's kind of like this thin strip of land that's nestled right between I-5 and the Rogue River. It's like this little strip of green right there that kind of, or a little finger of State Park that goes between those two areas. So it's it's really interesting. It's not like this huge sprawling area necessarily, but a lot is packed into that little strip of land. Exactly. It's, it's sandwiched right in between the river and the highway. And it is long and narrow. In fact, I think from one end to the other, it's about three and a half miles or so, um, which is convenient for the folks that live in the city of Rogue River because the Greenway Trail that runs right through the park and then goes down to Gold Hill and then uh, there's a small gap and then it picks up again in Central Point and then goes all the way to Ashland. They can walk from their homes uh, under the big bridge there at Rogue River and get on the Greenway Trail and have a nice walk along the park there so when you're out in it it doesn't feel so small because you can see the hills around and you see the river but yeah it is it is in fact a, a narrow long stretch of land right along the highway it's this kind of fun dynamic nathan between this like beautiful and busy state park area but also kind of this uh i mean it, rest stop basically folks pulling off the side of the road what do you folks do to kind of say hey like look beyond like go you know handle what you need to handle and take a stroll Uh, do you have signs up do you have a ranger out there saying guys gals get out of the car go 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 yeah well the great thing about valley of the rogue is its location so so convenient to the highway for travelers that are just stopping for a rest want to take their dog for a walk but but also for overnight campers. So if someone does a little bit of research, they'll see that it's perfectly situated for a lot of day excursions. So we're close to, you know, of course, on the river, you can do rafting, kayaking, fishing. But we're only a day's trip away, about an hour and 45 minutes to Crater Lake National Park. And a couple hours to the Oregon Coast and the Oregon Caves National Monument. And then, of course, locally, some of the local culture, which is really fun is you know the Oregon Shakespeare Festival that occurs in Ashland and the the Brit Music Festival that's in Jacksonville and then there's a couple of uh, you know jet boat companies uh, by Grants Pass and also up by Central Point that you know offer jet boat rides so there's just a ton of local southern Oregon attractions that are within driving distance and Valley of the Rogues right in the middle of it you know, if someone does a little research, they'll just see they'll see it's definitely a place to stop. But if you're just traveling along the highway, there there are highway signs that that uh, show that it's also a rest area where you can get out and use the bathroom, stretch your legs. We have a dog off leash park where people can let their dogs run, and they can get down to the river and enjoy the river and refresh themselves before they head up the highway or down the highway, whichever way they're going. But uh, so we do have signs that tell people about what we have. And of course, when the rangers are out working, they are trained and more than happy to engage with people if they have questions and try to answer any questions they have and direct them. So we just we just do everything we can to try to engage with the public and 
let them know all the great things they can enjoy if they stop. It sounds like this perfect blend where when I'm traveling down I-5 or on a long, you know, I was, like I said, just driving down to Lake Tahoe. It was a 10-hour-ish, give or take drive. We're thinking, man, we just want something to get out the car and stretch the legs for like a half an hour. And this seems like a perfect place to do that, but also stay a while. Uh, and I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about the, the camping experience as well, which you alluded to a little bit earlier in the, the show here. So we offer all kinds of camping opportunities from yurts to full hookup sites to camp to tent sites. We even have a group uh, camping area where we allow up to 25 people per group. And so sometimes we get families or even church groups that may, you know, if they want to put out eight tents or 10 tents and they can do that too. So. So we offer a little bit of everything. And, you know, you mentioned traveling the highway. So what one of the things that makes this park and the rest day use area so busy is the fact that you whether you're traveling north, south on the highway, you have access to it. So a lot of rest areas, if you'll notice along I-5, if you're traveling south, that's the only way to get to it. Or if you're traveling north, that's the only way to get to it. But Valley of the Rogue, you can get to it doesn't matter what direction you're you're driving on the highway. So it's very convenient from that perspective too. But it does it offers a lot. It offers um, you know amenities for any type of camper. Yeah, we're looking at the the dead the data from the Oregon State Parks Department. Valley of the Rogues campground is is one of the busiest state park campgrounds in the state. Um and it looks like last year it was the busiest uh, state park campground that was not on the Oregon coast. So lots of people are coming through clearly. So I've got some statistics to share with you on that. Uh, and it's grown over the years and the use has gone way up, which I think we've probably seen everywhere. But to give an example, so Valley of the Rogue overnight camping in 2012, it was 77,000 visitors. And in 2021, it was 126,000 visitors. And then when you go over to the day use side, in 2012, Valley of the Rogue had 1.6 million visitors. And in 2021, it had 2.1 million visitors. So you can see in that time period, the, the growth that's occurred. And, you know, every year we'll get a little dip or a little raise. And depending on the circumstances, like, for example, during the COVID shut down obviously use numbers went down for the camping and even for the day use um but then as covid loosened up it was like a the the dam broke and people wanted to be outside and doing outdoor mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. and so it got extremely busy but something interesting too I was going to point out that so the so the statewide statistics are 50 for for 2021 are 50 million uh, 53 million day use users and 3 million overnight users. So the percentage of overnight to day use is about 5.6. And for Valley of the Rogue specifically, uh, even though we have the rest area that is so convenient uh, getting off the highway, um, with 2.1 million rest area visitors and 126,000 campers, that ratio of campers to day users is about 5 to 6% as well. So interestingly enough, uh, Valley of the Rogue is pretty close to the statewide average for parks uh, as in regards to the percentage of overnight campers to day users. 
I think what, what interests me so much about this state park in particular is the fact that you do have so many people coming through. And yet there's also this feeling of, of well, Valley of the Rogue is so overlooked. People don't really know what they're missing. To me, it seems like when you're talking about what people are, are missing, you've got, as you've had, talked about, sort of these two main focuses that the Rogue River itself and that Greenway Trail, which is like a, a paved bike path that runs for a very long time. When it comes to the Rogue River, which seems to be sort of the main attraction of the state park, um, natural-wise, what can you tell us about how people can enjoy the Rogue River? What kinds of things they can do if they want to spend some more time at the park? Oh, yeah. So so our rest area and and throughout the whole park, there are access points to the river. But we also have a boat launch. And so that's part of that rest day use area. Uh, we got a boat launch there. And for those who know about it, it's a great family friendly drift. If they want to just go on inflatable rafts or canoes or kayaks, you could put in at our boat launch and then float down the river a couple hours and take out there by the Rogue River Bridge. And there's a park there with a boat launch that you could go in and take out. So it's just a perfect little, you know, half day excursion for a family or, or people who just want to enjoy the river. You know, of course, you want to check with the yearly conditions and the seasonal conditions before you play in any bodies mm -hmm. of water. But in the summertime, when the conditions are good and the water levels are, are low, it is a very gentle drift. And there's a few riffles to keep it interesting. So... So that's one thing, and, and it gets hot in Southern Oregon. Anybody who uh, lives here or, or camps down here knows that we get some very, very hot days. And so having that Rogue River close by is a real uh, great attraction for people. Of course, there's fishing to enjoy the river, and then wildlife viewing. So, we ha so in addition to the paved greenway trail that we've been talking about, uh, we also have just a dirt single track hiking trail, no bikes, um, no motorized vehicles that is actually in between the river and the paved greenway. And when you walk through there, you can, it's, it's quieter, you're closer to the river and you could do some wildlife viewing. We have beaver activity. You see deer, uh, on occasion, somebody has spotted a coyote even, and, and all kinds of birds. So, so it, there's just, for people who love the outdoors and nature and wildlife, it's it really is a, a great convenient stop right off the highway. That, like you mentioned before, even though we do have a lot of visitors, there's far more people that just drive by and don't know about it. And I, I don't know what the statistics are and how many uh, vehicles pass us. That's something I'd be interested to look up. But more pass by than they do stop. But I think if more people knew what they were driving by, they would definitely take the opportunity. Well, guess what? That's what we're here for and, and you're here for as well. <laughs> so uh, that is good stuff. Uh, I, I'm curious, Nathan, you know, you've described a lot of natural beauty. I could go for one of those floats like on the next hot day. That sounds fantastic, though. Maybe the river is a little bit fast right now for a float. But anyhow, um, what, what's the grand vision? uh for for this place it sounds like it has so much to offer it does our vision is to of course you know keep it a safe and sanitary place for all users to enjoy um to make it a, an inclusive place where where 
people of all diverse backgrounds feel comfortable coming and enjoying the outdoors, being able to unwind from the normal stresses of life. And we would like to increase and improve our interpretive programs. So there, there are a lot of parks that are considered destination parks because they might be on a lake uh, or they might have some specific feature uh, that people want to see, whether it's historic or natural. Like you could think of Fort Stevens, you know, on the coast, you know, Fort Rock or Smith Rocks. We we haven't technically been considered a destination park because we're not necessarily on a lake, even though we're on a river. So we want to make it feel more like a destination park, a place where even if you live locally, that you think, hey, if we go there on the weekend in the summer, there's going to be neat programs for the kids where they can learn about natural history and they can learn about Native American history and settlement history. And, and also learn more about uh, good outdoor ethic. That, that's kind of our vision is we, we just want to make it feel and look more like a destination park of interest. So some of the things that we've done just in the last couple of years to try to facilitate that is we've done things like place historic wagons and, you know, equipment out in, in the day use rest area and also in the park so that people could go look at this historic farming implements and, and wagons and, and things like that as a point of interest. Um, we're also actually uh, talking to a wood carver, um, a Native American wood carver actually from Southern Oregon, and looking to um, turn some of these, some of the hazard trees that we've had to take down, but we still have great lumber in them to turn them into works of art um, that people can enjoy and and kind of give a an opportunity to look at it and maybe raise some questions or people can use their imagination and think about the the history and, and natural history of the place. So so those are some of the things we're aiming at. We just want to make it feel and, and look more like a destination, a place of interest, somewhere where people really feel like there's a reason to go there. I love that. Uh, lots of reasons to go there and and the programs and the things uh, for family focus really, you know, help the locals be like, hey, uh, let's go run down to Valley of the Rogue. And we want to go there because there's the wood carving guy here today. Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And even even little things like movie nights, you know, setting up the big, you know, blow up screen and, and showing yeah. family-friendly movies and that sort of thing. Just things like that. Yep. 100%. So want to talk to you some more about Valley of the Rogue State Park here, Nathan. But first, let's take a short break. All right, folks. We are back with Nathan Sable from Valley of the Rogue State Park in Southern Oregon. And Nathan, we've talked all about the park, its features, what brings people to it. But you and Jamie had already talked, and Jamie said you have some pretty great stories about maybe some kind of crazy stuff going on here at Valley of the Rogue. Yeah, well, you know, in this business, we, we're working with the public and we meet thousands of people. And when you're here every day and, and working, you often see things that um, a visitor wouldn't see if they're just traveling through for a short period of time. So, so we, we see all kinds of things. One thing I, I could remember uh, 
well, a couple of things. We, it seems like we're a place to collect animals <laughs> and defend <laughs> livestock. So we had one time we had uh, some folks stop with their horses and they wanted to stretch their legs and let the horses get out. And one of the horses oh, got no. away. And so, <laughs> and so I, I actually have a horse background. And uh, one of the rangers called me and said what was going on. And immediately I panicked because my, my the worst nightmare is the horse runs down the road or gets on the highway and you know, causes an accident. So I quickly made it back to the park and I helped to catch the horse and we loaded it up. And, and I asked her very politely but firmly, please don't ever let your horses out here again. <laughs> but, um, you know, so totally unexpected. But, you know, when you sign up to do a ranger job at, uh, Oregon State Parks, you don't expect you're going to be wrangling horses. Um, we've had abandoned chickens and roosters. Uh, yeah, one time um, in in the rest area in the in the women's side of the bathroom, <laughs> uh, there was a rooster in there. And in fact, he had a little bowl of food and a little bowl of water. <laughs> so somebody set him up pretty good, and uh, was hoping he'd probably be adopted. <laughs> so uh, so we. We see some interesting things. I mean, you shouldn't leave your rooster in the bathroom. Uh, no. You shouldn't let your horse out <laughs> uh, at the rest area. Those are, you know, the horse thing. That is a lesson you only want to learn once. Uh, <laughs> an experience as yeah. as uh, a parks employee, you only want to experience once. Jamie, jog my memory. You had one more good one you had told me about that ex- absolutely cracked me up. Uh, well, I, I remember, Nathan, you telling me about... Um, the fact that it's right off the highway and that it is a rest stop means that you sometimes get big trucks going uh, the wrong way. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was it. That is an issue. So when when people are um, southbound and they take the exit, when they get off on the exit, they have an option. If you go right, you go past the booth, you go past the campground entry sign and past the booth and you're in the campground. If you go left, you're in the rest area. And we do have room for CDL drivers with their, you know, mandatory stops, which is great. Um, but it just seems like all too often, somehow, no matter how many signs we put up or, or what we have painted on the pavement with big arrows saying campground this way and rest area that way, we end up with a truck, with a semi-truck once in a while. And one time... We got a frantic phone call from the hosts that were in the A loop, and that's where the yurts are. So the truck had gone into the campground and then realized the error of their ways and took a left into the A loop to try to turn around and go back out and quickly found out it was so tight, there was no way they were going to make it. And in the middle of the loop, the driveway goes around in a circle, loops back, and in the middle of it are a couple of sheds that are a wood shed and a tool shed that the hosts use. And it was pretty clear that they had maneuvered around trying to uh, make the turn. And then finally they just lost patience and said, forget it. And they went ahead and plowed through one of our sheds. <laughs> oh no. And just, just flattened the thing and they escaped. And we had a frantic uh, host call us up. It was like, I think it was like one thirty in the morning, maybe 2 a.m. We just had a truck smash through a shed. <laughs> so that was, you just, um, you never cease to be amazed what you experience here. Um, you know, in a pub, managing a public place that's open 24 <laughs> seven. Well, all, all those crazy stories aside, Valley of the Rogue uh, 
is a great spot to stop off and stretch your legs or go, you know, float down the river or go fishing or camp overnight. Uh, I was down there just uh, earlier at the tail end of this winter and can attest to the natural beauty of that spot. So, um, you know, folks go check it out. Nathan, um, thank you so much for coming on today and telling us all about it. Absolutely. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Well, Jamie, I think, uh, the upshot of this whole show, does it have to do with horses or chickens? I don't, I don't know which one. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> you know, I think it has to do with a, a beautiful state park yeah. that you gotta, you gotta stop at. You know, I know, Jim, that you were talking at the top of the show about how you didn't stop there. Yep. Maybe you wish you had. Yep. Um, you know, and I, I, like you said, it, it's just such a perfect spot to like pull off if you need a rest area. It's a great rest area. I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of rest areas along I-5, but not all of them come with great river access and greenway yeah. trails and full campgrounds and, and everything else. So Valley of the Rogue in that way is a really special spot. A really special spot. And Jamie, I mean, I, I said this during the show, but I don't know how many times you're on a, a longer drive and you're just like, I don't want to do a full day activity or even a half day activity. I just want to go on a walk. Uh, mm-hmm. Get out of the car. You know, you're listening to, you're listening to Peak Northwest on, uh, on, on you know, on your drive or you're listening. That's a shame, shameless plug. You're, you know, you're, you're talking, you've got your conversation, uh, you've got your music, uh, whatever it might be. And you just want to stop off and move for a second. And mm-hmm. I love, I mean, I, I haven't been to this place. I clearly just passed it up, but I love the idea of both being able to do the quick stop just to like walk for, a half mile, a mile, whatever, and or stay the night. Uh, it sounds like a great place to stay and uh, lots of opportunities around there. The bike path sounds great. The river, I mean, what's not to love about the Rogue? Jamie, I mean, it sounds like it's got it all. Yeah, I love the idea of doing a float from Valley of the Rogue oh, yeah. down to the bridge. And maybe if you, if you leave your bikes there at that other yep. park, you know, bike back. Yep. Um, that's such a cool adventure you could do right there. Um, that's just one of different, you know, a bunch of different ways you can have fun and and enjoy this really busy, but also overlooked state park site. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I, I was kicking myself a little bit on the way down because I'm like, I, I, I know that place is cool. Jamie just told me about it. We were trying to move fast. It was not a, uh, it was like, a, you're going to get in in the overnight hours, uh, to where you're going kind of thing. There was no, uh, desire to stop and rest for a while, but, uh, Jamie, if, and when I'm buzzing past, uh, Valley of the Rogue state park, I I vow to stop and at least take a rest there next time. There you go, Jim, stretch your legs, check out the river and enjoy a place that otherwise you would just drive right on by. You've got that right, Jamie. Well, until next time here on the show, folks, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Fee. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.